We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. And welcome back. The midterm election is just a little more than a month away. What do we know about the way it's shaping up? Four Missouri public radio stations are taking a look at what voters want and what they're thinking. It's called Beyond the Ballot. St. Louis Public Radio is participating along with stations KBIA, KSMU, and KCUR. Joining me in studio is Ashley Lissenby, our Sharing America reporter. With us long distance is Erica Hunzinger, the editor at Harvest Public Media and the Missouri Politics Sports Editor at KCUR in Kansas City, from where she joins us. Ashley and and Erica, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Eric, I'll start with you. You've sort of been overseeing this project. Give me some sense of of what the objective of it is. Well, so we had this idea back in May, and it came out of a conversation here at KCUR in Kansas City is is a way to frame the midterms outside of the Senate race and congressional races and those state house and Senate races that generally get horse race coverage. Who's doing the ads and and what are they saying? So um, the idea was that we decided to speak with the other three stations involved in the project to look at voter constituencies, to get an idea of what people were really thinking about and what they wanted out of their representation, both in the State House and in D.C. And uh, after some conversation and a couple months, we landed on the stories that we presented. And give me some a general sense of the kinds of things that you've been learning. Well, we've been learning that not everybody, uh, the Missouri voters want a bunch of different things. They're not a monolithic voting block, um, you know, just because Trump won the won the state in 2016, things have changed a little bit. And um, I mean, really, everybody wants something different. Changed a little bit. You're not saying that the red state is turning purple or blue, are you? Well, there's a there's a moderate county over here in western Missouri that um, we're seeing some some Democratic gains for sure. All right, let me turn to Ashley here. Ashley, you've been doing a lot of reporting in this area, I know. Uh, Give me some sense of the kinds of things you've been covering and what you've been learning. Sure. Um, For this story, I talked with uh, a man named Rodney Brown. He works very closely with STL Action Council, which is a group um, of young black progressives. And I sat down with him months ago before the, the primary to talk about what they were um, their tactics for getting people involved and getting people interested in policy. And his his reaction was that um, there's an interest there in local issues, right? At the, at the time, there was a big push for Wesley Bell coming from STL Action Council and their initiative called Woke Voter, Woke Voter, and, um, and, and, and uh, issues around policing and criminal justice. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we talked about. All right. Do you, do you have some something we can hear about? I do. Oh, I yeah. do have a short clip from Rodney Brown uh, in our discussion. What I am seeing with a lot of black people, I don't know if um, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily gravitating toward a third party um, as opposed to them just like leaving politics alone altogether and more so like going back to their own like community and focusing on that and centering that. So the question there was um, 
how do you feel about the two major parties here? Is there are there are there issues at play that you feel pulled one way or another, or is there are there third party candidates that you find interesting? Where where are black folks in St. Louis standing and kind of a national lens? And uh, his reaction was, well, we're really focusing on what's happening in our own communities. Um, and one of those initiatives, like I said, as far as criminal justice is concerned, is closing the workhouse, the MSI, um, one of the city's jails. And that's been a big push locally. Um, and, and kind of the aftermath of Michael Brown, uh, a lot of emphasis on what happens locally around that. But as Erica has told us, uh, Missouri voters are not a monolithic group. Right. Neither are black voters. No, they're not. So uh, one of the things I I talked about with a professor at Washington University who studies politics and race um, was the the race of Cori Bush and Lacey Clay. Um, So that's a U.S. representative race. Uh, Lacey Clay is a well-known, established Democratic uh, politician representing this area. And Cori Bush is an activist, very active in St. Louis is is um, very active in, in this these young progressive groups. Um, she had national attention on her as as national Democrats were coming out endorsing her and supporting her. Um, and, and yet Lacey Clay won that primary race. Um, so so yes, we see that there are young folks, young black folks in St. Louis who are uh, pushing policies that are considered, quote-unquote, liberal or progressive. Um, But we see that not really holding in in some of these other races like Lacey Clay and Cori Bush. Uh, Erica, how wide is the lens in this project and looking at the the racial component of this election? Well, we really looked at um, black voters in St. Louis because we felt like that was a a very important election um, statewide, I think, really to to show that um, we didn't get too deep uh, statewide other than that, looking, hoping to look at other um, voter constituencies. Well, let me ask you about the famous uh, Missouri rural versus urban divide. Uh, how, how much of a split is there there? Um, it's, it's different. Uh, you know, it with, so we looked at two different places um, that kind of speak to this. One was the moderate county. It's um, Clay County here. It's just north of Kansas City. Uh, parts of Kansas City are in that, and it encompasses small towns that had some space between them or used to have some space, but it's really grown rapidly in the last 20 years. There's been a lot of development and kind of a suburban push. Um, so that county itself you know, went for Trump by 11 percentage points in the 2016 race, but they chose Jason Kander over um, over Senator Blunt, and Greitens barely beat Chris Coster in the governor's race that year. So we had that county, and then we also looked um, near Springfield, uh, Jennifer Moore at KSMU, or Ozarks Public Radio, uh, looked at what is kind of an evangelical epicenter down there, and, and those are reliably conservative and, and Republican voters, and they overwhelmingly went for Trump in that area. So the split is still there. <laughs> To say the least, no, no doubt. How about the, Ashley? How about the young vote? What do you know about the, what young people are thinking? You've already introduced us to the gentleman we heard from earlier. Uh, are you getting any sense of the way they're feeling? And are they energized? Um, I, I can only speak specifically to the folks that I talked to in St. Louis who sure. seem to be. Um, and I know one of the reporters in this collaborative uh, for Beyond the Ballot uh, looked specifically at uh, kids who are 18 and now can vote and, and their views. Um, and and that reporter, based on their story, seemed to come away with a, kind of a um, 
a, a split as well, where there mm-hmm. are some some kids who are very uh, excited for the opportunity and some who are a little disengaged. Um, I think Missouri is interesting in that um, some we don't have some of the the kind of um, the races that we're seeing in some other states, like that are are. Uh, um, these really fiery races mm-hmm. uh, that are, are setting new precedents. Um, and so maybe that's one reason why some, some kids who are, can now vote aren't as engaged. You've also talked to some political scientists who are certainly have their eyes on the uh, midterms and the trends leading to them. What are you finding out? Yeah, I spoke with Clarissa Hayward. I, I mentioned, her, mentioned her before at WashU. Um, and, and I asked her specifically about um, this perspective from locals, young black progressives um, and and where they see things going. And she had some interesting things to say about that. I think it'll be very difficult to take on the DNC at that level. It's really different from the level of taking on like a county prosecutor or if you think back to like the Kim Gardner race. I also think some of the activists who've turned to electoral politics have set their sights on some of these local races that they think are going to have very like clear and immediate impacts for St. Louis in terms of police, you know, policing and criminal justice reform. So there you hear her echo the same thing that Rodney Brown said. Um, and I had asked her specifically about um, how she she viewed um, Claire McCaskill. Claire McCaskill's race. And and that's where her comment of it's hard to take on the DNC at that level came mm-hmm. from. Um, so, so we, yeah, we had a fascinating conversation. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, I, as far as my specific lens looking at black folk, um, you know, and, and again, not a monolith, but um, I wanted to know if the tactics that helped Wesley Bell win well, would work again um, in some of our local races. And so we talked a little bit about um, the state house races um, and their interest there. There's Carla May, who's running um, to represent the fourth uh, district here. Mm-hmm. And if she wins, she'll be one of two black women representing St. Louis in the Missouri state house, which is fascinating. So there are things like that that are local issues that I think people are really um, p- putting their attention on. A lot of em- emphasis on local issues in your part of the state, Erica? Um, to a point, I think I think the idea with the series itself was to really get at what voters are looking for in general. You know, uh, over here in in Clay County, it was so much about what do you want out of the people who you're you know who who you're electing, and a lot of it was just having people tell us that people vote on what's important to them, kind of like what Ashley found, you know, and, and those issues vary widely. But they're also looking for integrity. Are the are the politicians going to do what they say? They want someone who's going to bring people together instead of divide them. And like so many presidential elections and, and just elections in general, we're hearing that they want to elect people who they'd like to have a beer with, regardless of party affiliation. So it's this kind of familiarity and integrity um more so than 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 any focus on any specific race itself. And yet it's really hard in this state, uh, p- the, perhaps the most exciting race right now is the McCaskill-Hawley race. True. It's, hard, it's hard to get away from that. Uh, I'm sure you must have detected something in this research that, uh, that would apply. Well, you know, I think um, Aviva Okuson-Haberman at, at KBIA, she's a student at University of Missouri, when she spoke with high school students, um, what she she also spoke with their teachers, and what she found was one teacher 
um, at New Franklin High School said he hadn't heard any student talking about the U.S. Senate race between Claire McCaskill and Attorney General Josh Hawley. And he wasn't even sure that students knew that there was an election. Um, And then she also spoke with a a senior who's, um, you know, very in line with conservative um, uh, topics. And she wants to protect the Second Amendment and she's um, for limiting abortions. But she told Aviva that she didn't know who Josh Hawley was. So um, there was that. And then we also brought McCaskill into that story. And, and McCaskill, you know, told told Aviva that she doesn't think that students feel that it's, quote, as relevant to their lives, that that, that Senate election is not quite hitting them where they feel like they have an impact. And, and Ashley, so many people are looking to young voters in particular uh, to really come out this time and, and uh, become involved and become involved in issues. And they may be the difference between uh, the way the uh, Congress swings this time. Yeah, that's true. Um, there are some, again, talking about our state uh, election, you know, that, that local ballot, um, redistricting is an issue that's at uh, medical marijuana, um, uh minimum wage. Um, so those are things that I, I hope young people will um, will care to vote on. Um, I think they're really important uh, issues to, to kind of engage young folks. We've yeah. heard so much about their involvement because of the school shootings, for instance. The Parkland, right. Parkland students really uh, created a lot of dust a few months ago, but maybe now that's dissipating a little bit? Um, I don't know if that's dissipating. I think Missouri... Um, is kind of its involvement, maybe its proximity to some of those those issues is different. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it's dissipating uh, in the places where it's it's where people are most impacted. Erica, what about gender? This is supposed to be yet another year of the women. What are you finding out about uh, the gender attitudes? Well, that's interesting. We didn't actually do any reporting around <laughs> that, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I would. I, I can't really speak too much about it. I think the Kavanaugh hearings and um, whether he, you know, whether the Senate votes on um, making him a Supreme Court justice is going to play a major role. In fact, uh, I was speaking with um, Samuel King, who's a reporter here for for political um, for politics, and and he spoke with a UMKC political professor today, political scientist, who um, really said that the Kavanaugh hearings are kind of a uh, double-edged sword for for McCaskill. So, um, you know, when it comes to gender, I think that might be a major role. Of course, we also have a state auditor's race um, between two women as well. So uh, that that could play into it. But um, from our reporting on this piece or on this this set of pieces, uh, we we didn't really want to get too far into that. You you did though take a look at the uh, the, the impact in the election on on business. Yeah, we did. Uh, Melody Walker at St. Louis Public Radio did a nice piece today, or it aired here today at least. Um, I believe it aired across the state today like that. It it, aired here, yeah. Good, yeah. So what she found was in the Missouri and and the United States, you know, 99% of businesses are classified as small, and they employ half of all workers. And it really, to us, seemed like political rallies for any party, the Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, all of them. Um, tend to hold up entrepreneurs as kind of the soul of America. These are people who chase their dreams and turn it into profit. And so we kind of wanted to figure out, like, well, if they're going to work, politicians are going to work for them, what do small business owners need? And the commonalities that Melody found was that um, skilled workers are key because the business owners said that they can't grow their businesses otherwise. Um, And they also said that access to capital is improving, but then that's where the differences come in. So uh, St. Louis Pneumatics, uh, Dan Hurt with St. Louis Pneumatics said borrowing money isn't as easy as maybe when you want to borrow money to buy a house. 
Um, and he also kind of there was a, a difference with the cha- the current tariffs um, on steel and aluminum. Aluminum that President Trump has has put forth recently. Uh, the St. Louis Pneumatic says China's a big competitor. He's good with the tariffs on on steel and aluminum because he's committed to things that are made in the U.S. Uh, that's contrasted with Earthbound Brewing's Stuart Keating, which is in St. Louis, and he was saying that the cost of cans to can their beers um, is up as as much as three cents, and so um, that makes it difficult for for a small brewery like that to to stay in business. Okay, well, you guys have covered a lot of ground, and I guess uh, I guess the first one is out today on this project, correct? And then. Uh, we'll be looking over the next several days for the various uh, segments, right? Uh, it started Monday, I believe. Monday, okay, yep. all right. I'm a little behind the times, but that's not <laughs> unusual. We've got to go. I want to thank you both. Erica Hunziker, thank you for being with us from KCUR. Ashley Listenby from our home base here in St. Louis, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.